You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I also wanted to mention, Sean, that a tale of two players, because... We've seen a rebirth of Mason Marchment, mm-hmm. and I think there's no question that's in part to Matt Duchesne and his play with five points in five straight games. Mason Marchment looks like a different player when he's with Duchesne. Duchesne is showing me his work on the corners, and yeah. maybe I didn't pay enough attention in Ottawa or Nashville or Colorado or you name the city he's been in. But, I, you know, I think, and they were talking about it on the telecast last night, that Matt Duchesne's showing a strength that maybe we didn't see before as far as, you know, being a more physical player than we thought of Matt Duchesne because when, you you know, you see him, his skill set is certainly there. But his work in the corner, his ability to take the puck away, his burst of speed, his passing ability, I mean, it's just energize that line where now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I'm seeing the Mason Marchman I paid $4 million for. Well, let's, let's be clear about something. He hasn't been this player before in his career. Correct. Matt Duchesne. Like that's, that's the thing where like, it's like Matt Duchesne, you talk about stuff that is, should probably be a little bit more dissected and discussed is one of the stars biggest issues as a team. Um, and and it's they they definitely find ways to get around it with their team speed and the way they they attack they attack the zone and everything. But the stars aren't a puck possession team. They're not built that way. They're not built to grind you down. Everyone wanted them to. Everyone they lost to Vegas. We saw it pretty clearly. Like Vegas grinds you down. They're a puck possession team. Dallas isn't a puck possession team. They've got guys who have the physical tools to, in theory, be those guys, but they don't have it in their psyche or they don't do it offensively. Like. Um, Jamie Ben is not really a big grind you down in the corners guy. Jamie Ben is big and physical and, 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 and does it in transition, but is not really a low cycle guy. Um, Radic Fox is not a low cycle guy, especially offensively. Um, so the stars don't have guys who are great at protecting the puck and working the cycle down low. Matt Duchesne's never been that guy in his career. He's always been the good puck possession and transition guy. And the fact he's added that element at 33 years old, um, and whether that's and whether that's a testament to him or the coaching staff or whatever, like I I I actually side more with the player figuring that out. Like that's a big thing. Yeah. Because the career extender. It's a hundred percent. I mean, like you look at um if you can find that second arc of your career, you can extend it. Like it's, it's, it's something that uh, 
it was kind of the role that we saw Jamie Ben's struggles with. Like Jamie Ben went from the young buck power forward to he couldn't play that way anymore. Couldn't play that way that and, and had to find the second kind of arc. And he's found that uh, Joe Pavelski's career, not that his game really ever changed, but Joe Pavelski continued to find ways to keep his game relevant. And and now like um, Joe Pavelski, for example, it's, we talk all the time about the tips and everything like that. But one of the most impressive things about Joe Pavelski, and I was talking to a, a scout the other night about this is Joe Pavelski is the fastest slow guy in the world. You really Joe Pavelski, is. yes, like Joe Pavelski is he the fact he can play with rope hints. It shouldn't work. Incre- it should not work. It should not. It's one of those where if you put them together in a video game, they could not play together. Right. Right. Like one would be one would be way like it should not work. But Joe Pavelski is the fastest slow guy in the world. And he's made a career that continues because of it. And Duchesne is finding this element of his game of the subtle puck protector, the guy who extends zone time for a team that is not great at extending zone time. And it's really what Mason Marchment kind of needed. Like what, what Gavin, right. When, when Mason Marchment had his best numbers, right. Mm-hmm. It was in Florida. Florida. It was yep. in Florida. It was Third in Florida. Line. And I saw Florida last night. And I saw Florida in person last night too, before watching the Dallas game, Florida. And they obviously changed a little bit since Paul Mort with Paul Maurice, but in general, Florida grinds you. Florida gets they control the zone and, and, and all of those things. And Mason Marchment played well in a system where he had guys who allowed him to float a bit. And Mason Marchment's been able to float. He's been able to be a big physical floater. And that's full credit to Duchesne. Um like this is the Duchesne edition. It's it's funny because Duchesne, like it's I, I I said earlier, like we should live in the moment, right? But like Duchesne is uh is making himself a lot of money <laughs> next year as a UFA by redefining his game this way. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's 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 uh it is a uh, but no, great point on Duchesne, great point on, on like Marchman. It's and Marchman is finally he's turned the corner also a bit of his own too, but I don't think he's gotten there's a slight mental athlete thing, right? That only Matt that only Mason Marchment will know. Yep. He has not let the multiple offside goals called back deflate him. Like I think stuff like that had deflated him last season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you mentioned Pavelski with that sneaky old man speed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) On that, on that fourth stars goal. First of all, we do have to give credit to Nils Lundqvist who blocked the shot and went down, but got back up, remained in the play, stood in front of the net. But that breakout, and that's one of the things that we saw last night that's dangerous uh, if you play against the Dallas Stars. If they stop you on one end, you better get back quick, and teams will notice that, and I bet they hold back one of the defensemen um, so they don't pinch as deep as they usually could uh, because they're afraid that someone will get behind because that breakout to, uh, I think it started Robertson to Pavelski. Um, what did I have it as? I had, uh, let's see, hints to Robertson to Pavelski, back to hints, cross ice for the uh, tap in. That was yeah. a thing of beauty. Yeah. No, it's the stars will sting you. They are such a great example of a counterattack team in that way. And it's, and honestly, against some of the, if you want like encouragement for 
the way Dallas is built and you get worried about like the, the flip side of every coin is stars are built to find the weaknesses that some of the other teams in the West have built up on like Vegas. They're going to possession you to death. Colorado is a really good possession team. Dallas plays the foil style. Well, that will work against those teams. Now, obviously those teams obviously have their answers to some Dallas things too, but if you want to look at positives on that way, like there's a, there's a lot there on that. Yeah. I do think the turning point in that uh, third period, I thought the stars were in control up four to one, but that matching penalty that they took, they were on the power play and uh, then it went to four and four. I think that gave Edmonton's a little bit of momentum. And, you know, I mean, when you have players like McDavid, Dreisaitl, and some guy named Sam Gagne, who was on the street, my goodness. You know, and, and and I was thinking of Sam Gagne, and the reason I wanted to bring him up, Sean, is that I give a ton of credit to Sam Gagne because when he came in the league, a lot of pressure, high draft pick. And while he probably hasn't lived up to the expectations of some it still has been a heck of a career. He's finding ways to get back into the league. And we saw last night that he does so many things right on the ice. I mean, to me, he was their top player of the game last night. He was incredible. And he was out of a job, what, a He's, week ago? No, yeah, I mean, he played, what, I think he played three AHL games, I think, with yeah. Bakersfield or whatever before uh, in on a PTO with them. Like, I mean... Let's be clear. He's played a thousand, more than a thousand career NHL games. That's nothing to sneeze at. Exactly. And I, I don't have his numbers in front of me. But I imagine he's probably crossed that 500 point barrier before last night already. Uh, like, he's a credit to him for a. Uh, like, we talked a bit back, Gavin, right? About like when Jordy Ben signed the PTO with Dallas, right? This is, that's basically what uh that's basically what Gagne did with Edmonton where he signed the PTO did the AHL deal and was willing to kind of bide his time and right scores twice last night gets the power play time and yep. and wait and, and he waited waited for Adam Ernie to basically Adam Ernie basically failed to secure his spot and that's kind of how it goes yeah Things pop up and you take advantage of it so. 1016 games played 521 points my point is, is to 2007 Edmonton picked him with the sixth pick overall. And I fall into this trap as well. We tend to look at the number, Raddick Fox's salary, <laughs> rather yeah, yeah, than yeah. what they're doing on the ice. And I just wanted to give props to him because, I mean, a grinder. Obviously made a lot of money, wants to stay in the league, though. And, uh, you know, just all heart and hustle last night on the ice. He was a tough player to defend. So, it's going to be interesting. Well, it, yeah, sorry, Sean, go. Yeah, well, no, just like I would say, like I just I just pulled it up while you were talking, like that 2007 draft class, right? We we all know who one and two are from scoring on that in, in that draft. It's obviously Patrick Kane and Jamie Benn, right? But after that, like the only guys from his class that have outscored Sam Gagne in their careers are. Wayne Simmons, James Van Riemsdyk, Max Pacioretty, Logan Couture, and David Perron, and Jake and Jake Voracek. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, that's not. And there's lots of guys from his draft class that aren't still playing. That like most of the 2017 2007 draft class is out of the league. Like it's uh, 
I know it makes me feel old, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was, I was actually just looking for fun. The stars did not have a first round draft pick that year. Yeah, they did. uh, They did. They did take uh, Jamie Ben in the fifth round though. So that, that works. But also, also the great story of one of my favorite, and I've probably told this story in this podcast, but I'll always tell it again at the draft table. The Stars had back-to-back picks in the fifth round in 2007. They had picked number 128 and 129. And as they're at the table, they're getting ready. And Mark Janko has told me this story. And as they're at the table, uh, I can't remember which scout, but one of the scouts says, this pick has the chance to change the franchise. And then the Stars went and drafted Austin Smith. Oh, yes. (laughs) So if if the Stars did not have back-to-back picks in the fifth round, they only would have taken Austin Smith. So it's the, you you look at how how life changes and how things did. And uh, obviously the the following pick changed the draft. But yes, not only was Jamie had a fifth round pick, he wasn't even the first fifth round pick. No, and you know what? We should get into draft day stories. Uh, one day we we'll probably could say that for next summer, but just for the simple yeah. fact, you know, I mean, Jack, you mentioned Jack Campbell um, playing the backup role last night yeah. and you mentioned, yeah, change of franchise. Frank Provenzano told me the story, former assistant GM of the stars. He was all set. Wow. Cam Fowler's there. Cam Fowler's there. This is going to be great. We're going to get Cam Fowler as a defenseman ready for the draft pick. And all of a sudden, they're picking Jack Campbell and he's like, what's going on? What are we doing? You know? Um, So it's just one of those things that stuff like that happens. And you know, the next big thing sometimes doesn't turn out that way. So uh, big win last night. I did want to point out because you watched it last night, 10 to one Vancouver over San Jose. We all know San Jose. And you know what? My fingers are crossed because I'm a massive Mike Greer fan. Uh, I was as a player, and I'm really hoping he is a successful GM. Um, At the same time, a lot of work to do in San Jose. I know they're rebuilding. Uh, I hope the fan base sticks, you know, with them. Uh, But, wow, Vancouver, early season scoring punch. Rick Tockett has that team flying. What a test this is going to be on Saturday night. Quinn Hughes is uh, also the – Quinn Hughes is the – front runner right now for the Norris Trophy. Absolutely. Like like he has been phenomenal. And um, Vancouver team, I don't obviously, any game against San Jose feels like a game you have to throw out right now. Like it's just that team is, that San Jose team, I was talking with someone last night, I was texting with someone last night watching the game who was a pretty good hockey mind who I trust. And that San Jose team looks like the worst NHL team I've ever seen. Hmm. Um, it's, it's, It's incredibly bad hockey team and it's amazing actually one of the most amazing things about that san jose team and i'm curious curious to pull it up while after even after even after the like mackenzie blackwood before last night had a save percentage above 900 like the you have a goalie who's going into last night who and, and it dropped to below 900 for the first time but you have a goalie posting an above 900 save percentage on a team that hasn't won a game. And it just shows you're, you're actually, you're not even, your goaltending is actually hiding other issues as well. Like that San Jose, like they've got one point that one point was a Mackenzie Blackwood stolen game. He had like 52 saves on 53 shots. 
Like it was a ridiculous game. And so any game against San Jose, I feel like has to be just thrown out. Um, and not that Vancouver is going to overlook anyone or anything like that, but like you talk about a, a chance to quote unquote, punch a team in the mouth when they're feeling kind of high and mighty, you score 10 goals on another NHL team. Yeah. You're going to feel pretty good about yourself. Sure. For Dallas, you have, you have a, you have a nice little chance to kind of be the, to bring them back down to earth and pop a balloon quite a bit here. Yeah. Yeah. No, you do. It's going to be a, a real nice test. And Hopefully the stars will uh, be up for it. That is Mr. Gallardi's home ice territory, so to speak. So, oh yes, uh, that will also that that is another emotional element of the uh, yep. another emotional element of the of being the Dallas Stars. Um, yeah. Tom Gallardi owns the Stars, obviously, and Mr. Aquilini owns the Canucks, and they have their uh, they've had their uh, business battles and their their yes. back and forths before, and uh, right. It's one of those things where there's always a little bit of a Tom really wants to win that game. No. Yes. Jamie Benz also always played well up there. Too. He he's really, he's played really well in Western Canada. Yeah. It's, it's a return home for him. He's yep. always really played well there. Um, his whole family comes into town yep. for those games. Um, it's a, it's, it's an opportunity for the, the stars here to, you to, to really, I mean, as of this, as of right now, as recording this, second best point percentage in the West right now, uh, third best point percentage in the league, if I remember, if I looked at it right now, I think yeah. it's, yeah, yeah, it's third last best point percentage in the league right now. Like, this team is right where they're supposed to be in the standings from what we expected to start this season. Yeah, they're really looking good. And one thing that I pointed out on podcast, Sean, and and last night might be the exception where they were holding on to win at the end. I mean, Edmonton was throwing it all at Wedgwood. Um, this team seems to get stronger as the game moves along, sometimes getting out to slow starts, which you and I have talked about happens for years, but that slow start turns into dominant second periods, and for many games, quality third periods as well. So you 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 kind of want to see that where the team's getting stronger and as the game moves along, and I thought they were in control last night, like I said, until they – took that matching penalty, and I thought that kind of started the change of momentum and most of the second half of the third period was spent in their defensive zone.